Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right. Yes, here we are back again. Yeah, you're glitchy. You're kind of like Max, Max Headroom from the 1980s. I don't know if you remember Max Headroom a little bit before our time. Um, I think he was a platform for Coca-Cola or something. I can't really remember. Uh, lots happening. What are we? Early October. Um, the one and only Thanksgiving is upon us next week. Uh, the Canadian Thanksgiving, the real one, where we dealt with the pilgrims and the natives and all that stuff. Uh, what's that? Not even close, man. I hate our Thanksgiving. It sucks. Well, I think we talked about this last one happened. What, what don't you like about it? It's at a really awkward time. So it just seems like, number one, having Monday off is the shittiest day to have off. It sucks. It sucks. Number two, it's almost like, I don't know, like we're just settling into the flow of things, right? So it still feels kind of like it's like summerish outside because it's not cold. It doesn't feel like a holiday. And it seems really rushed. Whereas like for the Americans, you know, our neighbors down south, it's like Wednesday, Thursday, the biggest shopping holiday that weekend get together with family it's a big deal yeah and here it's kind of like ah whatever yeah there are almost two holidays that we're totally didn't plan to talk about this but there are almost two thanksgivings that almost represent different things it seems i agree 100 it's uh but that's how we roll um speaking of same but different one of the things i have on my list here we can talk about the greatest uh, fish cover band on the planet uh tab They've been, they've been at it for the past few weeks and uh, been a very interesting tour. I'm going to be honest with you. I still have barely listened to any of it, but evidently based on everything that I'm reading about the shows that Fishman has stepped in for, I need to go back and listen to these shows. Um, if you look at the set list and how, how long the jams are, which I'm sure is by design slash how much could they figure out in a short amount of time with all these new players playing to, together. Have, have you listened to much of that or any of it? I have not. I have been immersed in pretty much everything that is. It's funny because I have a fish podcast, but I've been listening to everything but fish lately. Yeah, me too. Like I've been uh, listening to a lot of other stuff, but I have been going back and listening to the tour. I'm on um, uh, August 31st from Mountain View with the 47 minute Soul Planet. I just kind of finished that last night, but I've been taking my time going through that because I've been listening to other things too. Um, I'm just getting really excited for the fall tour, you know, like me too. I've sort of earmarked my tab listening for after that, to be honest with you. Um, okay. I'll probably get into the Fishman shows, which I think there's what half a dozen, maybe, um, probably get into those in early, early November after I digest Halloween. So, um, can we just talk about how awesome I I haven't heard the material, but you get a guy that's like just willing to step in and play the shit out of everything, you know? Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty crazy. I'm going to look here. What night did he step in? The first show, if I can bring it up here. My Wi-Fi down here sucks. Um, the first, yeah, first set, <laughs> five song set. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's a combination of, okay, we're throwing this together quickly. How many songs do we all know? Can we do? And let's just maybe jam to fill some time because, you know, how, like, how could they really get that going? Um, 46 days, the way I feel, blaze on, camel walk, ghost, all anywhere from 12 to 16 minutes long. 
and then the second set was six songs. <laughs> it, it, I have to, uh, I have to listen to the jams to hear what they like, what gets created, yeah. right? To know, to know, you know, to know like what was really going on. So, yeah. five song encore, four short songs, and then twelve and a half minutes sand. Um, so I'm kind of kind of excited looking at that, but uh, uh, not not as excited as I am for fall tour. I haven't seen anything on. Um, Me neither. Yeah. yeah, but they announced it. When's the first? When's the first show scheduled? The fifteenth, which is what a week from Friday, I want to say. Yeah, so they'll probably they'll probably announce it this week. Yeah, we're in on that for sure. Yeah, we'll do the same thing. I'll buy it and I'll let you know. Oh, I like it. Um, I wanted to read. Uh, I read a, an appreciation post about the bassist who's been uh, stepping in for Tab Desron Douglas. I think is his name. Yep. Um, and there's been quite a few that I've seen about different jams. Uh, the baseline he dropped and got a Jabu, changed it up a little bit. Is I guess it's generated a lot of excitement. But somebody posted a few days ago uh, an appreciation thread for him that said, this guy, and then it's some bullet points. Replace a 20-year founding member who is universally beloved, beloved, included by the band leader. Learned a, learned a huge repertoire in very little time. Jumped in front of a fan base that is, well, sort of intense. Uh, lost tons of musical color. Like, so the horns and backing vocals, there was a bit of a COVID spread that went through yep. the band, as well as a huge relational connection to the band, Jen, literally overnight. Days later, lost his drummer, Russ Lawton, who brought him into the band. The main lock and point for any bassist and also the one who recommended him for the band in the first place, not to take anything away from Fishman, of course, and has been absolutely grooving like nobody's business the whole time. So much respect for Des. If you haven't heard any of this tour yet, fire up Live Fish or E-Tree, which I don't know what that is, and enjoy. So yeah, I, all that kind of makes me excited to check it out. Uh, uh, small, smaller venues, high energy. Apparently the Radio City show from Saturday night is just fucking amazing. So yeah. Yeah, I might be talking to myself and listening to it sooner or later, actually. No. Hey, yeah, no, no, it, it deserves a listen. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not, uh, you know, I, is, is it too soon to say this? That's okay. Nobody's listening anyways. I'm not the biggest, or I wasn't the biggest Tony Markellis fan to begin with anyways. I don't think, yeah. you know, I know Trey loves him. I know he is a beloved member of the community. I understand all that. Yeah. But, uh, you know. I don't know. Are you just talking about in terms of like ability, standout bass players, what he really brought to the band? Like it, it just, just, yeah, nothing crazy, yeah. crazy special. Clearly a solid, talented player. Oh, he's, are you kidding? Dude, every, uh, he's a professional musician, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, all I'm saying is it's not my cup of tea. Like when I, when I hear bass playing like that, uh, I like a little bit more complexity, especially with, with music that jams, right? I like hearing Mike Gordon play the low end. You know, I, I grew up on like Phil Esch and Mike Gordon. So that's kind of what I'm expecting to hear is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so yeah, you just sort of reminded me of Les Claypool. I don't know if you saw, but they've already announced a lineup for Sweetwater Fest for next year. Yep. Yeah, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So you've got, um, and the things I saw in the post that announced it was how much goose is, ri is rising up the marquee. Right, they're they're up in some bigger, bolder letters, uh, you know, which is neat. But you're gonna get a full set from Oysterhead, String Cheese, um, yeah, uh, uh, Trade uh, or Tab rather. What else? Uh, yeah, Oysterhead, Tab for two sets, String Cheese, Umphreys, McGee, um, Snoop Dogg, because it's 420 Fest. Nice. Even though it's April 29th to May 1st, and then a whole lack of other bands in there too. So. Yeah, some pretty some pretty neat stuff. There's some more oyster head on the horizon. Um, I found I would, love, 
I would love to hear new Oysterhead material. Yeah, new songs. I uh, I don't think they can see each other often enough to make that happen. I agree. You know, assuming they collaboratively wrote them together rather than one person bringing it to the other two and figuring the rest of it out. Who knows? Well, has Trey like even had time to like catch a breath since he started touring? Because it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, he's obsessive. It's almost like he's um, like not necessarily playing each show like it's his last, but like just just almost like that. You know, like it, it it's almost like it could end at any point. He wants to make the most of it and play as much as he can. And yeah. Did you just happen to see, uh, I just thought it was awesome. Did you happen to see that one video that he did for, it was, I think the title of the video was Julia's Story. No, I haven't seen that. So it was, it was for his, uh, it was for the, the Divided Sky Foundation, I think. Okay. And I, I, I dislike these, these sad stories. I think what the video was, was a, about a kid that was, that had an addiction and ended up passing away and the family uh, was just really supportive. And Trey shoots this video and this guy starts the video like this, you know, he's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm Trey. I play a guitar in a band called Fish with like no supposition that like, we should know who you are. And I'm so great. Like, he's just a humble dude, man. So like the level of gratitude, I think what you said just, I think that rings really true. He's just happy to be playing the guitar again and is making the most of like the opportunity to step up in front of a crowd and, and, and to deliver something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you think about his journey and what he's been through and, and, and with not being able to play to people in the way that he loves to over the last little past year and a half, and he obviously made a lot of things happen. It's crazy to me that we're already a year on from the Beacon Champs. It was only a year ago. Like, it was happening. I think that started late September, if I'm not mistaken, and then kind of rolled from there. Um, You know, and he's filling every little gap that he can with playing. Like, it's only a matter of time before the next announcement comes out for something he'll do in, like, February, March, April, until summer tour starts again. It just seems... I mean, the I don't know if you have it on your list, but they announced, you know, MSG run for... New Year's yeah so I mean they're playing man they're going yeah Halloween coming up that's on my list so we've got tour coming up on the 15th I think there's about a dozen shows maybe 13 shows between there and Halloween uh four nights at New Year's we'll be doing the 29th 30th 31st and the first so we're that's awesome we're we're gonna get a 2022 show um nice and early and that would be one to keep an eye out for I'm thinking the way that runs that's a Sunday night if I'm not mistaken um and it'll be a show where based on coming off of a new year's show the night prior expectations are going to be low and i i don't know it could be one of those ones that just blows the year open right really really dude and you don't you don't listen to serious but shortsy's always like you never miss a sunday night show yeah i'm just double checking that i think i think it is a sunday no january 1st is a saturday night show okay yeah, New Year's Eve is a Friday night. Yeah, that's right. Christmas Eve is a Friday night. So, um, but either way, um, more coming and, and and obviously no tour for next year, but Mayan Riviera is already announced for February. So really within the next four months, you kind of look at it that way. We've got 13 shows, four at New Year's, and I think they're doing four in Mexico, right? Yeah, that's, I think so. That's 21 shows in the next four months. That's not too bad. Not too bad. I'll take it. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know if we'll be up for anything new or different or or what, but I just hope more of that, more of the good jamming and the space funk stuff, and just just keep playing with the new toys. You know, well, and, yeah, you don't know until you hear the sound, and then it, only in retrospect can you kind of compartmentalize everything that you're hearing, right? Yeah, but I think given that um, 
I think it's going to be a great tour because, you know, A, they're just great, but I also think they're, they're, they've been playing together more. They're going to keep going. By the time Halloween comes around, I mean, they're going to be in like the end of every fall tour. You know, they, they, they sound really, really tight, sound really, really good, and hopefully some really cool surprises will be in there. Halloween, I'm strangely curious about. I haven't given it a lot of thought up until really today, and I kind of was making notes and was like, geez, they, they know what they're doing already. There's no way they don't. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about it because I've been thinking a lot. Well, I haven't been thinking a lot. That's a lie. But, you know, around 2017, when they, was it 2017 when they pulled the Kazvat or was that 2018? 18. 18. So there was a, a lack of new music at that time too. And then they were just saving it up to drop all these new songs all at once. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like we've heard one or two new ones, nothing special. You know, they've still been on hiatus. You know, they were before that tour, they were on hiatus for almost, you know, a year and a half. So it's hard not to. But hasn't that been done? Like, I, I guess, I guess it's all we don't know what's been done until I guess they do it. But I like, do you think that they're going to do something like they've done where they create new material around a theme or do you think it'll be a musical costume cover? That's the whole idea with Halloween is you're dressing up as somebody else or something else. Um, yes, I mean, it's a, listen, it's all been done, right? Like playing- Until they do it for the first time and then they go, well, like- Yeah, but I mean, like playing, you know, so you could easily argue that, well, we, we cover a whole album by another band, but they did that like six years in a row. So that was done. Yeah. Right. Or is and, it just a matter of a really big departure from what we would expect them to, to do? Like, do they take on a genre that's just, you know, they could get into like an electronic thing. Imagine like a Daft Punk album or something. That would be pretty wild. And what they could do with something like that. Would be cool. I, again, you don't know, right? That's the thing. So, I mean, yes, you're right. That's what Halloween is about. I don't know. Like, what Kazva, was Kazva Vax really like Halloween-y? Because I don't think so. No, but it was a full-on costume. It was a full-on, we're, we're going to do something different, right? right. Like, like, you, like, you go to separate, the band and stage looks like normal. You come back, everything is white. For everything. sure. And they're circulating the leaflets and fake internet reviews of this old album and all these things that people have never heard of. Like, how obscure are these guys? And the, how layered that it was also a prank, too, right? How layered that gag was, the effort that was put into it. And all, and all because, um, uh, what was it, Curveball got canceled, right? It, it was all born out of that. They had this giant sphere, this thing they're going to use at Curveball that they couldn't get into the arena. And they wanted to keep doing whatever thing they were going to do at Curveball for Halloween. They couldn't do it. And then whoever it was, I don't know, the person, the stage designer, whatever, said, well, I can do this. I can do this white thing. And then that spurned the idea of a Scandinavian, like, 80s synth rock band. And those songs have translated. Like, they, it's, it's crazy how they weave them in and out of their sets now. And, and it, it's fish. Like, it, like, you know, like, it goes with it even though it's Kazmat. So I don't know if I'm up for another one of those because it's, they did it so well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, again, another but thing. Did they, here's, but here's the funny part. Again, in retrospect, they did it well. At the time, I'm pretty sure I remember reading more than my fair share of people that were like, yeah, I'm not crazy about these new songs. You know, oh, I really just wanted them to play, you know, the Rolling Stones or whatever. It's just funny how in retrospect your tune changes. Mm. 
Well, and again, it, it, I think that comes back to expectations of what you thought they were going to do or what you wanted them to do. Um, I, um, for me, I really was getting back onto the train after that had happened. So to go back and learn about it, be like, wow, they pulled that off. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, whatever it is, I'm sure things are being done behind the scenes and, and people are working on it and, and figuring things out and, uh, uh, you know, getting down to the micro details, I'm sure. You know, or we're going to be completely wrong and it's going to be a straight up Halloween show and off we go, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I came across another thing today and uh, it was just a link about fish. And then I looked at some other bands that I wanted to compare and it's uh, why don't you call these things? Um, but they analyzed for fish, 233 songs and lyrics and 39,889 words within those songs. Yeah. And then they kind of give you one of these graphics that shows you the most common words that are used within their songs. So I've got one for Fish, uh, Dave Matthews Band, and Grateful Dead to see how they kind of compare to yeah. what some of the most common words are. And they're nothing, I don't know. The big one that sticks out for me for Fish is down, right? So there's some that really come to mind, obviously, down with disease. Yeah. Um, um, where else do you hear the word down a lot in their songs? I'm thinking about these words like I'm thinking so there's um the bigger ones I'll give you down through see run time now a bigger one here is lawn and apart from lawn boy you know I'm trying to think oh uh dancing on my lawn a thousand barefoot children outside that's from down with disease dancing on my lawn yeah. uh good one all, all right moment um never uh, love head uh through so yeah some basic words nothing really crazy you switch over to dave matthews band the first big word is love down is also in there could baby which isn't really anywhere in the fish one baby is small you know but baby baby is big with dave uh time see now yeah away uh and that was 182 songs, 45,500 words. Um, Grateful Dead, 240 songs, 50,487 words. The biggest word on here is down. Uh, well, little, way, now. You know their songs much better than I do. Long, yeah. women, around, time, say. Uh, not, uh, I was saying. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I think. You know, if, if you're to do if you're to do research, you would throw away probably the the most popular one, right? Because it seems like a throwaway word if it's on every single band. Yeah, yeah. Like, We're like now, it's, now it's, is in all of them. Yeah, it's starting to sound like it's not. You know, it would be not clinically significant. Yeah, with a robot doing all the searching too, right? Just pulling out every single word. Um, but it doesn't have the. It doesn't have those little tiny popcorn words in here so must be factoring those out but still interesting and it, it looks like it's a site you can put in all kinds of bands and it's just it's just pulling out from the databases of their lyrics and kind of see what some of their themes in there but it's definitely a more uh varied list in fish than the other two especially when you get around the outskirts there's just some you know some different kind of words in there but sort of neat i don't know i think it's cool yeah i love okay. stuff i think it's great you do huh um what else have I got? Yeah, it's pretty much all I had. But um, yeah, I still have been listening to Goose. Um, 
not much more, but just here and there, like for songs, they're growing on me. Um, found a couple of shows on, uh, uh, what's that, Relisten app that was pretty good. Um, looks like I'm about to finish this album from the COCs. Oh, the OCO, OCs? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. The OCs. <laughs> the OCs, but it's spelled funny. Um, how's your band doing? Good. We're still looking for somebody to play keys. Every time I find somebody, um, they always say they're coming and they're never coming. Really? Yeah. What's wrong with people? I don't know. Just don't say yes, you know? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> get it. You start to realize, you know, because we haven't, I mean, we haven't played together that much. And you, and you, know, you listen to guys that have played together all the time. And, like, the differences are friggin' staggering, man. Oh, yeah, they make it sound easy. I, I was thinking about that the other day. And I don't know what song it was. I was just listening to Fish. I just sort of stepped outside myself and had to remind myself that these are four people independently playing things in sync and making this, like, it, like a lot of things. It's just you sort of take for granted that it's there and you don't appreciate the work and effort and everything that goes into it because they're making it look simple and easy. And I don't know what triggered it, but it just kind of made me think, like, it might have been a mistake that made me go up, you know, and then they would get right back into the groove and they're seamless and they're just in sync. And uh, I think I was even listening to a song that they don't play often, that they don't, you know, but they still knew it. We're still going through it. And yeah. it just sort of, I don't know, grabbed me again about how impressive they are, that they that they are able to create what they can create. Because I immediately put myself into, and I don't know what I don't know about playing music, but uh, how difficult that would be for most people mm-hmm. and how much time an effort would go into getting it to that point where it, it, it looks and seems that easy for them, where they can just slip into it and go. It's, yeah. And after coming off the Soul Planet again last night, which long, but not the best jam ever. Like it was, you know, there was great moments and pockets in there, but there was parts of it where it's like, okay, guys, like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, but even just to be able to slip into those types of things in the way that they do, that's it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. but, but I take it for granted all the time because we're used to hearing it all the time. Yeah, it's just been such a, it's such a tapestry. And like, and now that we have it, like back when we were still doing the tape thing, you know, it was much more that you would appreciate it a lot more because there was less of it. It was just one of, kind of one of the reasons why I don't listen to fish when all the time, because I want to have that level of like, shit, this sounds really good, man. And if it's, if you're myopic and that's all you listen to, I think you definitely lose how good it sounds. You need to like get out of yourself for that. Mm-hmm. But you're right. And they're not even, here's the crazy part is they're not even, they're not even the best for playing together. Like, you know, if you take like something that's played at a really fast tempo, like a Slayer song or like a death metal song, like it requires the level of the bandwidth required to play that is much more narrow because fish has that style that can be a little bit more loose like you can make a mistake and it is okay you can get flowing yeah it is it's way more it's accepted right it's just the expectation that's going to happen chance chances will be taken and it's a much wider lane to well if you listen to like you know i think led zeppelin's the best example like i'm like they're literally half and half a beat away from completely collapsing and if it wasn't for john paul jones i don't know how the hell those guys would have stayed together they're all over the place all of them right Mm -hmm. but if you listen to a band like slayer or pennywise or one of those punk bands from like the 90s you're like holy moly man it sounds like a machine put it together and they're playing fast yeah yeah it makes it think about the hours of practice and how bad it would have sounded along the way at times 
Um, it reminds me of real quick when I, this was years ago when I was working at a store in Hamilton, uh, this guy was in a band, he's a drummer in a band and his band had studio time and they were recording an album, really trying to make a go of it. Right. And they were, it was back when our Kells were kind of getting going. They're playing a lot of bar scenes with them and, uh, they had studio time. And in the studio next to them was Billy talent, who, nice. who, who I, who I always call Bobby talent because I just don't like them. But, um, he said uh, it was interesting because they were writing, their process was different. Like they're, they're, they're writing and recording and adding things on and figuring out as they were going. And to hear, he said it was interesting to hear it evolve from shit into songs because it was bleeding through the walls. They're much louder and everything else. And, um, uh, and just the gibberish being spoken into the mic while they're trying to figure out lyrics. And then over the course of a couple of weeks, it turns into a song. Um, I'm fascinated by that, by that process. And it'd be, you know, there was a, I think it was the Undermine podcast. Uh, oh no, I think it was, yeah, it might've been when he was interviewing Mike Gordon and they went back to some early recordings in the studio of the Kazvat Vox songs when they were just slapping down basic stuff and making the songs up as they were going. And the, it was really, really neat to think about, you know, how, how, the, how those things, how they get created. It's just amazing. One point it doesn't exist and then boom, it's a song they can be listened to forever pretty amazing i think about that with songs like from well before our time like somebody wrote happy birthday somebody wrote <laughs> these national anthems right at some point they didn't exist and then they did and they're just common every day everywhere songs that everybody knows it, it's it's uh somebody created it it's mind-boggling it's mind -boggling. It's it's at, at any moment with this stuff it's mind-boggling it's also sad that we're at a state now where there's really um poor value to new music right like it's any everyone's publishing everyone's creating something all the time forever and ever and there's like no value on a on a new piece of music it means almost nothing you need to have your audience first man yeah yeah it's really changed it'd be interesting to see how that keeps changing i mean i don't know if we'll see another monumental leap in technology that will change it because of how ubiquitous it is now with streaming and accessibility like that's growing i don't know what would have to come about for that to change because it's well, just the internet, i mean for music the internet and uh and itunes really changed everything so we had like two absolute like crazy pieces of technology that just changed everything yeah yeah just oversaturated but it's it's uh, you know I work with a lot of young people. The artists artists are sorry to interrupt you. Artists are still not happy. They were unhappy when they had these criminal organizations that were ripping them off, and rightly so, they should be unhappy. But now they have the freedom to publish and to create and to control, and they're still not happy because now nobody's paying attention to them. So which way do you want to hear, guys? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I was just gonna say I work with a lot of young people who listen to music, and and they yeah like they jump all over the place. They they don't. You know, when I talk to them about music and they, they give it a go and they're on to the next thing. Like, and you ask them who, who they're listening to or who they like, they struggle to give you an answer because very few of them are, are, are really passionate about one artist, one group, or even one genre. They, they're, they, they jump all over, which in, in a way is kind of neat. Like, I'm, you know, I wonder how it would be for us if we had that at that age, how different our musical tastes might be now or what we would have discovered and found. But it's just interesting. They, they're it, not wasn't, really it wasn't even that, though. It was how we were taught to listen to music. Mm. 
like we were taught that there's these artists and they create these things and and then you go and you buy these albums and you have it right and the fact that you bought it means that you're gonna at least listen to the whole thing hmm. you think yeah yeah right whereas now like now it's it's tiktok mm -hmm. right most of the songs are like a minute long and they're all sampled and they get remixed and it's like a hyper pop song so you have like all these crazy changes that happen in a minute hyper pop i like that term that's what it is yeah i think that's what it is i think that's what it's actually called i think oh, that's because wow. again you have technology driving like do you know why songs are three minutes were three minutes long radio songs because that's what fit on the record yeah Right, so technology drove a song to be three minutes long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now technology is driving it again to be different. Yeah. Which is another interesting reason why Fish is so phenomenal because they're kind of bucking all these trends at every corner. Yeah. They're like, you know, starting out now, could they? Who knows? Obviously, different time, different era, different growth path, but. I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say somebody else would have done it if it maybe not to the same level, if Fish didn't do it. But all of the, and I mean, again, you, this is the debate. Someone can easily say you're wrong and I can't prove them otherwise, right? But like all the things that, that Fish did, somebody else would have done, right? And now you have like a million and a half jam bands because of Fish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, the term jam band was created to describe Fish's music. Yeah. That's because even though bands before them were doing what they did not to the, I mean, there's, but the, the concept of jamming and improvising and improvisational consider word all of a sudden uh, music wasn't a new thing. Jamming over a chord progression type one was yeah. jazz music. So no, far from a new thing, but right. guys creating something on stage was the era uh, of psychedelia. Right, which was, hey, we're high on acid and I feel like playing these notes and we know like enough about music that we can make this sound relatively good. Yeah. And then the dead pioneered that sound. Yeah. Hmm. And there was a lot of stinkers with the dead, man. Like a lot, we were like, oh my God. Because they're just risking it and are going down a path that just didn't pay off. Yep. Right? But the bravery, and I'm sure that's part of the thing that's regarded like, it's part of it it's it's almost like you in order to have joy you have to have sadness in order to have the great you kind of have to have some of the bad to appreciate it that's know? it and uh yeah you know we talked about that it's it's uh it's it's like with fish i mean it's not there's a lot of bad but there are some clunkers here and there there's some mistakes here and there there's the odd show that isn't that great some of the two oh, see i don't think anything i think with again going back i don't think there's anything bad with fish right like i think it's all relative like when you say you know soul planet's not the best jam because there's parts that are boring yeah of course there's parts in every every legendary you know the all time the went gin i just listened to that on the weekend there's lots of it where you're like okay well this isn't interesting but it will pave the way for like the awesome parts yeah yeah gotcha all right man wow we're over an hour or i'm over an hour here a little bit late but i gotta get going cool have a good one, buddy. All right, man. Have a great week. I'm sure. Um, oh, I got to let you know about schedule cup coming up. But uh, yeah, have a good week. We'll chat again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.